Welcome to Fearless Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And this is episode 154. The big 154. The one you've the been waiting for. What? Why is 154 big? I don't know. Because, I mean, every episode's the one you've been waiting for. Yeah. If you if you were waiting for this to so. drop, then here it is. 154. Super exciting. What are we talking about today? So I thought, you know, because we always get like, we get questions about like, oh, I'm kind of scared to do this. I'm kind of scared to try that. And and we haven't had one like, you know, we always had to, we had like one that was like top 10 ways to be a new seller, you know, and I thought I thought it was time for a top 10. Another one. Ooh, top 10. So this one is fears of reselling, dispelling the 10 myths which may be holding you back. OK, that is not a, a clickbait title. So if you listen to that, that's probably not what I'm going to title it. I'm probably <laughs> going to call it like something like the top 10 fears of reselling, you know, because because otherwise that's that's too much. I, I know, but I. I, cause that's what it is. I don't know. I just, I struggle with it, but here's the thing. There's a lot of things that when you first start reselling, like you don't want to do. And then when you do it, you're like, I wish I was doing this all along. Even now. I mean, I've been reselling for, it's year eight now. I don't know what year I'm in. It's post five. And I'm like, why didn't I do that in the beginning? Right. And one of them is, we'll talk about it is about shipping international, which I, I do through eBay's global shipping program, but I don't do through other ways. So some people may say I'm leaving money on the table, right? But I definitely know that before shipping globally, I was 100% leaving money on the table, right? So I wanted to dispel a lot of these because we have a lot of new sellers that have been coming onto the platform and listening to PRSO Podcast. Appreciate all the new sellers. And then we have a lot of our real ones, right? From day one or maybe from episode 100, whichever it yeah. is. That, you know, maybe some of these things you're dealing with, you're like, ah, I don't know about that. So are you ready? So we have 10. But we're, we're going to fly through these. Yeah. And by fly through them, we mean give each one of them their, their, a thorough... Their due diligence. A thorough examination and discussion like we always do on PRS Podcast. All right. So the first one is there's too many resellers. It's too late to start reselling. Yeah. I, I, I could definitely see that being an issue where people would be like kind of afraid like, hey, I missed the boat on this. There are already too many people in this. Um, and you know, like sometimes you do miss the boat on something, right? Like... Um, Maybe it's never too late to buy into stock in certain companies, but you miss like the golden era, like when you could have bought Tesla for pennies compared to what it is now or or Amazon or something like that. And so that kind of a fear definitely holds people back. Um, and one of the things I would say specifically with the idea that there are too many resellers is technically reselling is is essentially the same type of of business as every type of retail, right? Like all you're doing is you're buying something and you're selling it. And this is the way you acquire all of your goods. So every good that you acquire in your life comes from, for the most part, unless you're making it yourself, and even then you're, you're typically buying the ingredients for it, or you're buying the things you need. Um, you're, that's how things tr change hands, right? So reselling is just a portion of that. And so there's never going to be a lack of people wanting to buy things, mm -hmm. right? So that, that's one, one part of this myth. And the other thing is, even when it comes to like, okay, there's there's social media influencers who are maybe giving away secrets or there's kind of just this fear of like, oh, now that, now that this new show came out, more people are going to want to do this. But the reality is, from my experience, what I've seen, because I've probably talked like eight of my friends into reselling and of the eight, um, probably all eight of them have left reselling, right? Yeah, like yeah. the reality is people start this, they think it might be fun, they think it's good, but they don't realize the amount of work it is. And so it's true. You may go through seasons where it seems like a market is flooded or there are too many people who are in the thrift store scanning books and you're like, man, I, now I can't make profit on this. So maybe you have to pivot a little bit. But most of those people aren't going to be around long term. 
There, there's going to be this like cycle. They're, they're going to come, they're going to go. And the reality is if you're willing to be, be diligent and, and consistent, you're going to make money and you're going to outlast everybody else, right? Like I heard one time, and I don't remember who it was. Maybe it was The Rock. I don't know. But somebody made a comment and it's always stuck with me, which is like the reason I'm going to win is, all, is because I'm not, I'm not going to give up. He says like, if me and you get on a treadmill together, like I'm on one, you're on one, I'm going to win because I'm either going to win you're going to quit first or I'm going to die, right? Like those are the two options. And so I think when you kind of have that mentality, maybe that's obviously an extreme, but we learn a lot of times in extremes of more people are going to come in, but as long as you outlast them, as long as you keep going, you are going to get a foothold in, in a market and you're going to do well over time because people come and they go and people give up. So don't, don't be uh, afraid of the numbers of like, oh, there's a new show that came out that's teaching people how to go to garage sales and resell or, or how to do Amazon. Because a lot of people might jump on board, vast majority are going to be gone almost immediately. Yeah, and the other part, the market's always fluctuating, right? And so you know, I there's always like people always blame certain you know reselling influencers like oh they killed the market on this or they killed them, and there is some truth to that. I mean, even ourselves, like even when we only had like I don't know a few hundred listens, we were like well, I don't know should we share this on here? And then we shared it, didn't affect the market at all, right? And I think part of it is because the market changes, right? And we've learned that through this pandemic, right? In the sense that there were a lot of goods that became really, really popular and that people wanted, right? Indoor stuff or or stuff to make food at home or whatever it was. I mean, look at the weights, right? You think of weights, I don't know, three, four months ago, there wasn't really a resale market, right? Yeah, unless you were getting it at like rock bottom prices which was hard to come by yeah right i mean who was going to pay for the shipping right right and now it, it's still even now we're we're not even close to being post-pandemic but things have kind of changed it's a starting little bit. to open up it's yeah. starting to open up right they're still selling i mean i just sold a kettlebell like overnight from five dollars to like 30 something bucks like a 10 pound one like who would have thought right and so the other part of that that, that dispels that myth is the idea that there's so many different niches that it can't be too saturated. And the one number one uh, area that always gets knocked all the time is clothing, right? People are like, you can't make money in clothing. Like it's, there's too many people. I'm telling you, I am probably 80% clothing and I'm making a living full time, right? I mean, I shipped out a bunch of clothes today, whether they be shoes, whether they be buckles, whether they be jackets, there are still people like, I mean, people wear clothing every day. Right. Shoes. You would think shoes would be saturated. Right. But but it's not because people are looking for certain kinds of shoes. So it's never too late to get into the reselling game. There is no such thing as oversaturation. Is there maybe oversaturation on like certain particular niches that may happen or particular items? Sure. But that's the beauty of reselling is that you can be flexible and go with the market and pivot and you can still make it happen. Absolutely. Very good. Yeah. Dispelled. So don't, don't be afraid of that. Yeah, we should have like a big like, like Mythbuster. Just threw my highlighter. Um, there you go. Have like a Mythbuster the highlighter. Thing, just like, dispelled. Dispelled. All right. Number Myth busted. <laughs> Except that's probably trademarked. Is it? Yeah, it probably is. Yeah. So, all right. The second one here is there's too many fees. I'll never make any money. You hear that one sometimes? Yeah, I hear that. And and, and different platforms have different fee structures. And, and honestly, you know, a lot of times people overestimate what they can make. And especially new resellers kind of come in and think like, oh, I'm going to be able to buy this for this price, sell it for this price and make this amount of money. Even when you go to garage sales, right? Like we have this conversation with people all the time. Well, I could sell this on eBay for 80 bucks. 
and you want to say like, okay, well, it's that's probably going to cost thirty dollars a ship. So now someone's going to have to pay one hundred and ten for that. First of all, unless you're willing to automatically take thirty dollars off, then there's a ten percent fee, and then there's a three percent fee, and then there's the time it takes to take pictures, and those, so there's all of these other things that are incorporated in that. So people do have a misconception about how easy it is going to be. Um, and so then the opposite end of the spectrum is like, okay, well then there's too many fees. I can't make money. Um, and you know, that's, that, that may be true on certain items, but again, it comes down to, um, if you were to run a business, if you were to run a brick and mortar store, you're going to have overhead, you're going to have, uh, to pay rent or a mortgage. You're going to have to pay insurance for your stuff. You're going to have to pay. There's all of these things that, that, that come in the air conditioning, the lighting, all of these are elements that are, are going to be included in the cost of each item, right? When it's taking up shelf space, there's a cost for that. And the fees on eBay are kind of like the alternative, right? Like you don't have those fees that you would have if you're renting out a space at a brick and mortar store, uh, but you do have these other fees. And so you do have to be careful. You have to be cautious to make sure that your business model isn't losing money and that you're not giving all of your profit away in, in fees. Uh, but if if it was true that there's too many fees, there's no way to make money, there'd be no full-time resellers, right? Uh, I, I make... And, and it can be a little sad to be like, ooh, my 60-day total is like 7000 now or whatever, you know, your number is. And then you're like, okay, but then like after cost of items and fees, it's only actually like $2,000 I made. But if you figure the amount of time and energy put into it, hey, maybe that's the profit margin that you need to be able to make some money. Yeah, agreed. And that's the key word is profit, key words is profit margin. Right. The, to me, <laughs> reselling, as long as your margins are good, you're buying low and selling high is a win, is a win, is a win. Listen, think about how, how such a small, and, and eBay shouldn't be listening to this part of the podcast, but how, what a small fee you pay to have your eyes before millions and possibly billions of people. Your items. Your item. What did I say? You said your eyes. Your <laughs> items in front of. Millions of eyes. Did I say your eyes in front of your yeah. eyes? No, you oh, said sorry. you'll have your eyes in front of millions of people. Oh, no. Okay. You could take it. If awkward. you're selling your eyes, maybe. I mean, <laughs> there's probably a market for Yeah, that. let's not go there. I don't think that's allowed. But think about it. I mean, it's, it's, and now with managed payments, it's actually going to be less, which we'll talk about that in our update episode. But you think about what you're able to do, right? You can go to a garage sale, pick up something for a dollar. I mean, I just, I just sold a pair of Walkmans that I paid a dollar for each. And I sold them for 50 bucks plus shipping, right? That, that I made $40 net profit, right? But my margins are what matter. Now, if I paid for the same set of Walkmans, $40, and then, you know, I sold them, then I'd be losing money, right? So you got to think about that, right? It depends on platform. On Amazon, Amazon, you can say the same thing. Like there's too many fees. You're going to lose it on Amazon. But Amazon is a different game. Like you got to be careful. Right. There's velocity. So making 30% ROI is okay on Amazon as long as your stuff is selling fast. Right. If you're not selling it fast, you got to rethink that. And in large quantities. And large quantities. Right. Because if those two scenarios don't play out, you're going to lose. Because what's going to happen is you're only going to have a few items and then other people are going to come in. They're going to undercut you because that's the way Amazon plays and you're going to be done. And then you will be losing money. Right. So, to me, that is such a, you know, and again, I don't know where people land on this, but you know, you hear people all the ways call, I'm going to go sell on this platform because it's fee Feebay, fee Now, every platform has fees. Poshmark has 20% in fees, right? But eBay can easily get up to 20% if you do promoted listings, right? 
it's all about finding the right item with the right margins, right? So that's more of like, hey, be smart about what you source, do your research, and you no longer have to be in fear that you're going to end up losing money. Because if you're losing money, it's not the problem with the platform, but the problem is what you're sourcing and what you're trying to sell. Good. I like it. We good with that one. All right. Busted. Busted. All right. Number three, there's too many scammers. It's not worth your time. Yeah. Um, and and there are scammers. We talked about that a couple of Like right away. Ago. Yeah. Like right now, it's bad. Yeah. Do you get those DMs? You see those DMs? Yeah. But again, it comes down to, I mean, a brick and mortar store, I mean, you got to think about your business as a business. And I think a lot of times people have a hard time detaching from what they're doing and seeing themselves as the CEO of a company or like the owner of a company. And they kind of look at it as like, this is a personal, right? This is something I'm selling personally. I'm being scammed personally. And if you think about it, like a business thinks about it, like you've talked about doing loss prevention. I've done security at companies. And when you get hired at a company like that, I mean, I I got hired at Target and they go through like shrinkage and trying to reduce shrinkage and companies know, like they want to get their shrinkage down, right? Like our current shrinkage is 3%. We want to get it to 2.5, right? And that those are items that are stolen. Those are items that are broken. Those are items that there's all kinds of things that can can lead to that. Um, And so scammers, you kind of got to look into like as that, like most of the time, you're going to come out ahead. Like you're, you're not going to lose money on a scam. And occasionally you do lose money on a scam. And that's, that's the cost of business. It's shrinkage. It's, you kind of got to count that in out of every $10,000 in sales, you probably have a, a couple hundred dollars that, you know, it something went out and a customer claimed it never came or that they got it. And then it was broken. They returned something else to you. We went through all the different types of scams you may, may encounter some of the scams. Um, but overall, this isn't going to be the majority of what you're doing, right? Like unless you're, you're, you're selling like one item every month and it's a $10,000 item, then I might be a little bit more worried about a scam. Right. But, but when you're selling a hundred items a month, 200 items a month, 500 items a month, whatever it is, you're going to have occasional things that break. Maybe you break something in between taking it off the shelf and, and packing in. You have to eat that cost. Like those are things that you're going to have to deal with, but it's just like a casino. We've used this analogy before, right? Like a, a casino at, at a at a roulette table. If you, if somebody's only playing red and black, you would think like, oh, it's just fifty fifty. But the casino, because that green, that one or two green that are on that big giant wheel, they have enough of an edge. They're at like fifty one percent. They win forty nine percent. The other per- people win. That's all they need. That's what builds those casinos. Fifty one percent, right? Like as long as they have one percent more often, they win than they lose. Now, when we're talking about reselling, you're winning a whole lot more than just one percent. Right. Like you're winning significantly more often than that. So yeah, you're gonna have those issues, but it's such a it's such a small part of what you do. You can't let that hold you back. Yeah, agreed. And you know, to be fair, you will get hit with scammers if you're new. And it's it's on every platform. eBay, Poshmark, Mercari. And we talked all about that on episode 150. And so there's a way to scam the scammers. There's a way to beat the scammers, right? And yeah, like Mike said, I mean I've been scammed maybe a couple times, but there's ways to make ensure that you probably 99.999% of the time will not get scammed. And it's just doing things right, right? It's the same thing with the other myth, right? The idea of, hey, as much as it is about margin when it comes to selling and not being scammed, it's about, hey, looking at those policies, looking at what the protections are offered to you and making sure all those things happen, right? One of the easiest ways in eBay to protect yourself from scammers is to become a top rated seller, right? Because that gives you the power of returns. And when you offer returns, right, you have the ability that even if somebody is scamming you, it's still not at a loss. Like you can give a percentage back 
and you don't have to give the whole percentage back. You can report it to the eBay buyer and you could also do global shipping right through eBay. And we'll talk about those more in this podcast, but don't let scammers deter you, you know, and I'm just going to throw one more thing out there. If you want, you can go down the dark rabbit hole of forums about reselling. And man, you have you been to those? Yeah, I try and avoid that stuff. It's not yeah. going to help me. But man, when you bring up scamming, like there's people are like, yeah, I lost my whole business or yeah, you know, I, I'm done with, with eBay because all they care about is buyers and that are die. And they're, they're, they always said with the scammers, like you can find the people that are going to side with what you're saying. Right. But if you want to be successful, like at reselling, you, you got to understand like, yeah, it's like anything. If you open a new store in real life, people are going to try to scam you. Right. If you, when you, when you were a kid and you joined the sports team, like as a freshman, like you were, you were treated poorly. Like it, it's a kind of this rite of passage, I guess, in reselling. Right. So you, you can, you can move past the scammers and you can definitely make it happen. Yeah. All right. Number four, shipping international is too risky. Yeah, that was definitely one that you convinced me to do. And you kind of told me that big items would sell internationally. And so I, I joined onto the global shipping program. And sure enough, I, I sold a few things internationally. Um, I think I still actually owe you breakfast for the... Uh, do you really? Yeah, the, the, the oh, Mac hat right. that sold. Um, the Apple so you hat. sold an Apple hat for how much? I, I don't remember. It was over 100. I think 100. it was 100, 100 something. Yeah, and, and it went globally. And, and you kind of made a comment like, I bet you if you were to... That'll sell globally. Like, and we made a bet. I, I, I think. I don't remember exactly. So <laughs> I probably owe you breakfast or something. But... um, We have a lot of bets that we haven't been good on. <laughs> it's true. But um, so, yeah, I mean... And and I'm sure you'll talk a little bit about international and global. And, and I stand more on it's probably a good idea to do international and global. If you can do both or international is probably fine. I think it's it's no more risky doing international than sending domestic and having, you know, being scammed or having problems or things breaking. Uh, but the reality is you can be afraid like, man, like that just seems like so much. And I would say if you are new and you're kind of like hesitant, Global Shipping Program is a great alternative for that. Um, just because... You know, it takes so much of the risk out. All you got to do is ship it to Kentucky. It's just like shipping domestic. You don't have to worry about it. Um, if you're willing to spend a little bit more time and learn international, I'm sure um, you, you can even potentially broaden your horizons even more, make more money. Um, but it's really not that scary. And uh, I'm not speaking from as much experience where it's like, okay, I filled out custom forms for an order or anything like that yet. Uh, but it's it's not that bad. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's interesting because... When I first started reselling, I was so scared. Like I, I was so scared on the global shipping to just hit that little check mark box. And I remember at the time the person I was with was like, Don't do it. Like, you know, who knows what's gonna happen? Like, and it's a real it, it's it seems weird that, you know, seven, eight years later, like, whoa, that was crazy. Like, why was I even thinking that way? Right. But it's a real fear. Like, you know, especially if, if you are not used to even just when you're new, you're not even used to shipping domestically. Right. Even that seems like a, a huge undertaking, let alone when you think about selling globally. Now, eBay, out of all the platforms, I think this is what one of their key strengths is their global shipping program. So I would say take baby steps. Right. And global shipping is the easiest way to do it. And you can catch, I don't know, it's episode six. We talk about it. That's how long it's been. Is it episode six? I don't know. Whatever. It's way back when. But you can you can if you you can. You can thank you. If you're watching the podcast, Mike is telling me to speak into the mic. Is it a fist away? Right. Okay, I'm always, I'm too close. Is that bad? Does that take the volume out? It, it messes up with the uh, the leveling a little bit, but I, I fix it in post because right. that's how I roll. 
So if it's episode five, actually, I just looked it up. Episode five. And here, here's the thing. eBay makes it so easy in the global shipping program. You seriously, all you have to do is ship to Kentucky. That's it. And no matter what happens after that, you can't get negative feedback. I've gotten one attempt at a return out of the hundreds, maybe thousands of packages I've shipped globally. I don't know how many it's been. And so if that's something that scares you, go eBay global shipping. Like that, 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 if you just, you just have to ship things one time, you ship thing one, you ship an item one time at Kentucky, you will forever feel safe. That's my belief. Now, when it comes to international, I see that fear. I mean, I'll be real. Like I still have not done the international. Like I, like I haven't. And, and the reason being is because yeah, filling out the custom forms and, and what if my item gets lost? Right. Cause the only way to track things is if you go international priority, like all those scenarios, but that doesn't mean that I shouldn't try. Right. And so there's programs like pirateship.com that people talk about simple export that makes it really easy for items that are under four pounds. And so that I'm in the process. Right. But out of all of them, like I, to me, I don't think the, the, there's a way out of not doing global if, with eBay's global shipping program. And there's a lot of money you're losing out on if you're not doing it. That's true. Yeah. So mostly dispelled. We still have a little bit of fear, right? Well, yeah. Well, we got to be real, right? I can't say, you know, I've done it because I did. I, I, I do remember, I think my 30 year recently, I did an international thing and it was just like, I, I don't want to do this anymore. And I went to global shipping and by the way, here's the other fear is that you may be, you know what? Yeah, let's turn this on its head a little bit. The fear is like, hey, if I do global shipping program, like people aren't going to buy for my stuff because it's too expensive with the customs fees and, and all that import fees. That's a myth. Like I, I 100%, I get people that will pay all day for stuff. Like I've had people pay two to three times what the cost of my item was because they really wanted that item via the global shipping program. The right buyers are there. Yeah. Maybe you're losing money on the table because there might be some people that are like, eh, I'm not going to pay that much for the fees. But I, through and through, like I've always said this, the, the person that I want paying for my stuff is a person that doesn't complain about the shipping is willing to pay out and I'm all good. So they are there. Don't be scared that you're going to lose business by going global shipping program. Yeah. Yeah. So you're leaving money on the table if you're not doing GSP. Maybe you're leaving more if you don't do international, but it's at least maybe take a baby too. step. But but take a baby step, right? Like like it doesn't hurt to to give it a shot. Cool. I like it. All right. Number oh, wow, we're at five. We're like five. flying through these. No, we're going at the right pace. Okay, good, good, good. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. Hey everyone, ever found yourself too busy to list or wanting to scale and not knowing how? Well, we've partnered with a great service called Sellhound. They will help you do much of the heavy lifting and can benefit your business in many ways. Sign up for listing services with Sellhound and receive 25% off your first purchase or 25% off your first month of a Sellhound monthly subscription. You can do this by using our promo code, all in caps, PureHustle25. That's the numbers, 25. By the way, everyone gets three free listings to try out before any purchases. Just go to Sellhound.com and subscribe using our promo code, PureHustle25. 
So Orlando and I are always looking out for tools and programs that can be used in our own reselling to help improve our sales uh, and things that we can share with the community in order to help others. Uh, And we've been lucky enough to partner with two companies here at the same time uh, that we think do just that. So it's kind of interesting because both of these companies are competition. So, uh, you know, but this is a good thing that we're advertising both, I feel, because we are really, really big on letting you make decisions and not saying like, this is the way you should do things because you know, you know, what's best for your model of selling and what you need to be doing. Uh, so we've been able to partner with list perfectly and Vindu. And both of these are programs that can be used to cross list postings on multiple platforms. This is great because we always talk about the importance of being on multiple platforms and not putting all of your eggs into one basket. But one of the barriers to that is the time issue. And the nice thing with List Perfectly and Vindu is it allows you to make one listing that then gets cross-posted to multiple platforms. So you're not having to post things multiple places and spend that time. And in this case, that time saved is money you're making. So both of these companies have a special offer for our listeners if you were to sign up. Um, You need to sign up using the affiliate links that we have in our descriptions or show descriptions in order to get the uh, promotional codes. Uh, So first of all is List Perfectly. They're giving 30% off your first month, which is amazing. And they've got some incredible things that they they offer. So uh, for instance, your postings go to eBay, they go to Mercari, Depop, Grail, Etsy, Poshmark. There's just so many. You got to check it out. There's almost too many to list here. Um, and so if you sign up, you get 30% off, but you have to use our... our link and then use the code LP30. And then the other one is Vindu. Vindu is very similar. Uh, You're going to get 25% off your first month if you use our affiliate link. You don't have to use a promo code. Just click on the link in the description. Uh, And your your listings are going to go to eBay. They're going to go to Etsy. They're going to go to Poshmark. They're going to go to Mercari. So this is just a great opportunity for you to save some time, get on multiple platforms, and maybe make some more money. All right. Doing returns will open the floodgates and result in me losing all kinds of money. Mm. That's good. I want you to speak on this one. Yeah. I mean, I still, for the most part, only offer free returns on certain items, but I do do 30-day returns. Um, So, you know, it's one of those things where there was a long time where I didn't want to do it because when when I was first starting, every sale was like a big deal, right? Like every sale that I made was was money like when you start off with like 50 to 100 dollars is like your capital like one or two mistakes like one or two returns could crush me as i built that inventory reserve reserve as i built uh, the that reservoir pipeline, the reservoir as i built this 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 what i have now now the velocity of sales i get you know five six sales a day a lot of times if in a week one of those returns right? It's not the end of the world. I'm still making a lot of money. I'm still coming out ahead. When I was first starting out and it was like one sale, like I only have one item and I sell it, like that return would have been devastating. So I could see why in the beginning there's the fear of not doing the returns. But from my experience, I haven't had as many returns as I was expecting. Um, and I know everybody's situation is going to be different depending on what types of items you're selling. It's it's going to be different for everybody. Uh, but anecdotally for me, um, I have not had as many return requests as I anticipated. And a lot of times the return requests I get, it's like, I bought a shirt for $5. I sold it for 30. Somebody wants a return because they're like, if there's a reason like, Hey, like the, the button on the bottom popped off as soon as I put it on, it was, this, the quality wasn't really good. Well, I'm not going to sew that button back on. Right. So it's just like, that's fine. Here's the refund. Keep it. Right. And there's been a few things where it's like, sure, send it back. And sometimes you get lucky and they don't even ever send it back and you still get to keep the money. So it, it, my experience with returns has been 
overall great. And again, you get like the little mark next to the item. It helps you become a, a top rated seller. It's beneficial for you. Uh, so I would say definitely do it, but I can see and understand the concern if you're first starting off and you don't have a lot of inventory yet, each sale is a little bit more precious to you. Yeah. And, and it's a, it's a real fear. I mean, I started off not doing returns in the beginning. Right. And then over time from listening to other YouTubers and, and your know, podcast about reselling, I'm like, all right, I'll give it a try. And I will say I was scared. I was scared and no, my returns didn't go up. And then the next level was free returns, right? And this is where everybody get. I think a lot of people get stuck on, right? There's a fear that free returns will doom your business, right? So a lot of people handle that different ways. Some people just add another dollar to their shipping and handling. So like if they ever have a return or whatever, like it takes care of it. Or they end up upping, you know, their price on their items or whatever it is, right? But returns, they're, they're part of business. And yeah, you have to understand that there are going to be people just like me and you when we go to a Target or Walmart. I mean, I do this all the time. Like, I mean, Costco is the number one example of why returns don't work to your negative. All right. Costco has this policy. Like if you're not satisfied, you can return anything at any time. Now, they did change that a couple of years ago. They used to like TVs, like people would return them when the new models came out. Right. And then they would buy the new oh, new models from the money they made from the return that I just ruined the sound by smacking the mic. And uh, so eBay, I mean, eBay, Costco went to their 90 day like concierge thing. Right. And so certain electronics, you can. But even 90 days is, is a good amount of time. But here's the thing. Costco is one of the biggest businesses out there. They have not gone under at all. And I feel secure whenever I I mean, I've bought stuff and my kids are like, Dad, this tastes disgusting. I'm like, all right. To Costco, we go and I'll return it to Costco. And Costco doesn't give me any flag. I mean, they sometimes they may ask you, like, why are you returning this? But they don't deny your returns. Have you ever been denied a return at Costco? No. No. I mean, I know a buddy that returned the stereo 10 years after he bought it to Costco. That's intense. Now, whether that was legit or not, I don't know. Yeah, we're not advocating that. <laughs> yeah, but they let it happen. But Costco is flourishing. And there's studies that show the longer a person has an item, the more inclined and less inclined they are to return it, right? So if you offer 30-day returns, there's, there's some people I know in reselling that offer 60-day returns and their return rate level is so low. It's, it's lower than mine, right? Mine is at about a 3%, right? And it depends what category you're into. And so I, I encourage you guys, like returns to me, you know, and I know that I always get pushback on this, but it will lead to increase in sales. Think about, put yourself in the shoes of a buyer, Right. If a person is not willing to offer returns, sometimes you might go like, that's kind of sketch. Like I'm stuck with this. But if they're willing to offer returns, like they're confident about their product, they 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 100% stand behind it and I'm okay with it. And they offer free returns even more so. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. And and you can't really put a value on on you know customer uh confidence, I guess you should say. And even I, I think back to a conversation we had, and I think this is one of the things that really made me want to do free returns or do returns is we were buying some equipment for the podcast and I sent Orlando a couple of examples. I'm like, Hey, here are the three things we can maybe use. Like, do you think, uh, like, you know, with what we have, like in our budget, like which one should we get? But so we were t talking about it and he goes, well, do any of them have uh, free returns? And like, I looked and only one of them did. And it's like, okay, well we should do free return one because you know, if something goes wrong, I'm like, yeah, it makes sense buying a used thing. Like I have more confidence because yeah, what if I, what if I pay $400 for a piece of audio equipment that normally goes for 700. So it's like, Hey, I'm still getting a good deal here, but if it doesn't work, 
I'd have been better off paying the 700, right? Because now I got mm-hmm. 400 in the hole on something. So having the the return on something, it made me buy the item that I maybe would have bought another one that was like $20 cheaper, right? But hey, this one has returns. That's a $20, you know, almost insurance for me. Yeah. So just, just think about it, think it through. And, you know, I can't, we can't do our stamp of approval promise that your return rate may not go up because there's a lot of things tied into returns, right? And, and we've shared this before that, you know, if you have a high return rate, maybe it's not the buyers, maybe, maybe it's you, right? Maybe you're sourcing items that are too flawed or you're missing the flaws or maybe the niche, the niche, the niche or whatever you want to call it you're in is prone to do that, right? A lot of people sell stuff. There's certain items that you get scammed with more, right? And we've talked about that too, like iPhones and other electronics, right? So you got to be careful. But ultimately the fear returns right? It's just false evidence appearing real for the most part, right? That's what, you know, have you heard that before that acrostic? Is it called an acrostic or an acronym? Either. Is it either? It, it I don't think it's either. It, it depends on what you're trying to I'm do. I'm just asking the English teacher here. That's all. So, all right. So returns dispelled. It will not ruin your business. <sighs> dun, dun, dun. All right. Wow. We got through five. Before we move on, though, hey, if you haven't had a chance yet to follow us on social media, we are on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok as Puroso Podcast. We're also on Twitter as Puroso Cast. You ever want to give us a call? 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. Or shoot us an email at purosopodcast at gmail.com. Purosopodcast at gmail.com. And by the way, appreciate you guys emailing us. I know sometimes it takes a couple of days. I just, you know, we're, we're resellers first, right? So we love you guys. We want to get back to you and we will always get back to you. And always, you know, we appreciate the reviews. They've been so helpful uh, as far as letting people know what the, you know, what I like about the reviews is that people are talking about what the podcast is about, right? That we have like, I guess we're a variety show, right? I've had one of those, right? Because we're not always like, we have a theme episode. We have an update episode. We may be doing a live here soon. I need to talk about Mike with Mike about that, but I think it's time for another live, but we'll see. Uh, and, you know, we're always looking at making the podcast an engaging podcast, not just one that you just turn on and listen to, but one that we can hear from you guys and we can engage back. And hey, thank you for all of you that have been donating to the podcast. Like we haven't asked for donations and I think in like 10 episodes or something like that, just because we know everything's going on. We've had the link below and some of you have been like really generous. So thank you so much. You know who you are. We really appreciate yeah, you. So it keeps us going. So thank you. hundred percent. Keeps, keeps our mics on. Yep. Keeps the air conditioner on. Which isn't oh, on right on. now, by the way. It's not. It's a little hot. It, it, it's getting, it's getting kind of spicy in here. All right. Hey, and uh, thank you guys for all your support. All right. It's time for. Come on, hustlers. It's the freaking hustle of the week. I love these hustles of the week. They're they're bolos, right? Yeah. That's what that's what a lot of our hustles of the week kind of turn out to be, which is kind of cool. Um, all right. So our first one uh comes from Michael. His IG handle is at Southern Geeks, which is a great name. Um so picked up a Star Wars BB-8 Hero Droid remote control interactive droid at a salvage store that gets retail closeouts. Now, um, I, I love the fact that your name is uh, Southern Geeks and you picked up a Star Wars item. Like that's just perfect. I love, I love that. I just, it's like, it's like, it's very meta. I feel like. Um, and so uh, you saw that it was there for a while. Originally, it was marked at one hundred and forty nine dollars, uh, and it ended up getting down to ninety percent off. Decided to buy it. Put some batteries in it. Checked it. Made sure it worked. Cleaned it up a little bit paid $15 total 
and sold it for $199.99 plus shipping. Genius. Yeah, it's not, I, I like those stores. You got to be careful with those stores. Like they're not Amazon friendly, but they are definitely eBay friendly, right? They're like getting an Amazon liquidation palette, but throughout the whole store. Mm. Right. So nice pick. I'm, I'm kind of surprised that no one picked that one up. Like, cause he said that it was there for a few days. So like, I don't know, like that's a bolo. Cause I remember those things. I think two Q4s ago and they weren't going for that much. So keep it eye. Nice work, Michael. Nice work seeing the diamond in the rough. All right. This is from Andrew, IG handle Bargain Deal Hut. So we've all been cooked up, right? Because of, you know, cor- cor- when, when did we stop saying coronavirus and went to COVID? Nah, I don't know. Right? There's a point in time when it just changed. Anyways, COVID, corona virus, right? We're all, we've all been quarantined. We haven't been able to go thrift stores. And if you've been following us on Instagram, you've noticed that we've been going to a few thrift stores. At least I have. I don't know if Mike, you've hit any yet. But, uh. Saw that one was open finally on the way home from work. Went home, told his wife, and his wife were ecstatic about it. You know, you got to love the team, right? Like that, you know, I was like, that's awesome, right? Like you're both into it. You both love doing what you're doing. And so they went. The store had certain policies. I didn't know that certain stores have certain policies. Like I think like somebody in Michigan like said, you have to have an appointment to go through the store that shall not be named. That would be beautiful. Like could be unless you you're literally watching the person in front of you taking their time picking all the items that you want to get. I guess so. I guess so. All right. So, anyways, at this store, only ten at a time. You have to have a face mask. Went to the electronics, but noticed that there's a pink, odd-looking bicycle seat sticking out. Picked up a PN one point one MTB saddle bike. You know, I don't mind a mic when I missed it. I know what that stands for, but for whatever reason, I did not read that. All right. That was split note wide bicycle seat for 99 cents. And I got to tell you, bicycle seats, they're money. I will, I will look up pretty much any bicycle seat I come across. And then after a while, you really get recognized which ones are junk. So picked it up, recognized that new ones are going for about 150 listed, sold, shipped same day for 79.99 in three hours. Nice. That's, that's good. 90, that's free. That's good. 99 cents is free. Almost. I'm well, but so you made $80 in three hours and I guarantee that thing was easy to ship. It was just in a padded priority and it was done. Boom. So hustle. Nice work there. Andrew bargain deal hut on Instagram. I like it. All right. Our next one is, uh, Brandon IG handle at flipping a dollar, uh, went to a local auction and picked up a Greenlee 1800 conduit bender for two bucks. You know what that is? Uh, I'm assuming it's uh, like a pipe bender. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, like electrical conduit, like, like metal tubing and you'd put it on there and you can bend it to, to mm-hmm. be at different angles. Uh, so picks it up for two bucks, had patina and everything knew they go for around 1300, sold it for $375 plus shipping from $2. That is absolutely 100% a hustle of the week. Great job. Those are the kind of things like I'm not really big on picking up tools, mostly just because I don't, I'm not familiar enough with them, but that's an area I want to learn more, especially after we had uh, our, our, one of our recent interviews where we talked about auctions. So, you know, if, if you can learn certain tools, it's, it, it may be the way to go. Cause I'll people be, I'll want you right stuff. Here. I'll be real. I was scared. I was in an au- online auction the other day and it was all tools. Did you pick I, anything up? Nope. Hmm. Because I, I didn't feel like I knew enough. Yeah. Like I tried to do the research online, but basically the way the auction was set up, like drawer of tools and you couldn't tell if they're a snap on or anything. I'm like, eh, I don't know. if. I'm, but 
I'm following Mark's advice. Observe the first few auctions. So that's what I did. I don't know if he meant online though, but it's okay. Now, hey, by the way, I want to speak on Brandon and flipping a dollar. We're probably going to have him on the podcast sometime soon. Definitely follow him on IG. He buys like ridiculously crazy things to ship. Like, like he had Dairy Queen, like, you know, when you go through the drive-thru, like the whole menu board, like he sold menu boards, like he sold donut hole machines. He's, wait, is there, I think it was a donut machine, a donut hole machine. What would that look like? I'm sure it'd be similar. <laughs> it just plops out the holes. I, I don't know. Does that even exist? I don't even know. Yeah. Anyways, he sells all, he sells bakery industrial oven. So I think it's fascinating. But so by the way, check out check out his Instagram page. I think he has a lot of good content out there. All of all these people that we talk about have great stuff. So check out Brandon at flipping a dollar on Instagram. I like it. Nice hustles of the week, everyone. Yeah. All right. What do you got? So a while back, um, that time when I told you I went to swap meet for like the first time um yeah. as like a reseller. Um, I didn't feel like I did super well there. In fact, I kind of, you know, kicking myself now because I was going back and forth with a guy on some adjustable dumbbell weights that were um, brand new sealed and packaged. And I think he wanted 80 and I was trying to get him down to 50, but I knew I'd probably be able to sell them for, you know, 150 at the time. Uh, but it would have to be local. And now I'd probably get like five, yeah. six, 700 bucks for those. Right. So it's the worst, but I, I you, you only know what you know, right? Like yeah, yeah. hindsight's 2020. But, um, so I, I only picked up a few things. And as I'm leaving one of the last booths I get to, I see a little box that had a bunch of anime DVDs in it and some some manga. And I'm like, hey, you know, maybe there's some money here. I know anime DVDs. Uh, Can you explain what manga is? It, so it's basically like a comic book. It's like a Japanese comic book, almost more like a graphic novel, I guess I should say. Uh, it reads backwards to the standard way you would read in America. So you, you, you turn the book over and you read from what we would consider so right the last that. page. Um, you, you, you read from like the last page to the, what we would consider the first page. Huh. Um, so anyways, um, I see some of these and they had Inuasha and this was an anime that I had watched when I was, you know, in junior high or something like that. So I know it was a cool, um, anime. Um, and I, I see all, like a, it was a good sized box of them. So I just asked like, Hey, how much for the box? And the person was like 15 bucks and I got them down to nine and I'm like, man, this is a killer deal. Like I'm going to make a bunch of money on these. I didn't do a bunch of research on them right then. Cause I was like. I'm I'm already leaving. I got to go pick up my wife. <clears throat> and as I'm leaving, I start, I'm I'm doing the research on my phone as I'm carrying this box out. And I realize like now with anime, like one, most people are getting them online for pretty much free. And two, instead of buying like you used to have to buy an individual like you'd get a DVD, like it would be like in the case, and it would have like four episodes on it. So a whole season might be like ten to twenty DVDs, right? And so this was like a couple of seasons, like but not all of the episodes for each one. And they were dispersed. And so I'm like, man, this was a bad buy. Cause now you can buy literally the complete Inuasha set for like 50 bucks. Right. So I'm like, this is, I'm not going to do good on this. And the, the, the manga, maybe a couple dollars each. So anyways, I finally go through them all and I decide, okay, so instead of trying to sell all of these individually, these DVDs individually, even though there'll be a lot of listings I could post, maybe trigger the algorithm. I can get like 40, cause I think it was like 30 or 40 DVDs. I don't know, something like that. I can get all of these listed as individual listings, maybe make a couple dollars off of each and over time it'd be worth it, right? But I was like, no, I'm just going to lot these together. And inside one of them was like a movie, um, had like a, a collector's coin. And mm. I looked up the coin and the coin was selling for like 25 bucks. Nice. So I listed that separately. I lotted all the DVDs together and I lotted the manga together. The coin sold first for 25 bucks. The manga sold for, I think, like 25 bucks or something like that for the set. And then I just sold all of the DVDs today 
or 40 bucks plus nice. shipping. So overall, like I, I broke it up into little pieces, but I turned a $9 purchase into $40, $25 and 20, uh, I think like 20 bucks, something like that. So like overall it ended up being a really good deal. So like sometimes you never know, right? Like you leave thinking like, man, that was, this will be okay. And then once you really get into it and once you make the sale, it's like, Hey, that turned out to be a lot better than I was expecting. So the reason it's my hustle of the week is it was kind of like, man, maybe that was a loss for me or just wasn't a great buy. And it turned into a relatively good buy. You made some lemonade. Yeah, that's good. No. And, you know, this is the beauty of our podcast is the fact that you sell stuff I would never touch. Now, I have there. It makes sense. I used to pick up anime DVDs back in the day, like I would research them. Now, anything I pick up, it's not worth anything. And then that's why. So it makes sense. But uh, yeah, keep an eye out for that stuff. All right. So mine is like, I'm, I'm kind of mind blown because for two months, I did not source at the thrift, right? Because we couldn't. And this was my first time going to the thrift in over two months. And, you know, it was one of those things where like I plan to get up early in the morning and, you know me, I struggle with waking up in the morning early and I didn't go. Now, part of me was rationalizing myself that like, hey, there's going to be too many people. I want to make sure I'm social distancing. So I'm not going to go. Anyways, that that's not why I didn't go. It's because I didn't get up on time. So I get there at one in the afternoon. So this day is a day where at the place, like everything, you know, is half off except a certain color. So I'm like, oh, well, all the good stuff is probably gone. So I show up and I find a few pairs of shoes. And then I get to this one rack and, and, I kind of was questioning myself because I'm getting way more selective. Anything that ta- that I learned over the pandemic about reselling is like, I'm not going to source things I don't want to sell anymore. Right. So, which there's a, there's a, there's a hard part of me that goes, no, cause I'm going to lose money. So I'm still going to go into the electronics. I'm still going to go into like, I'm going to still try to sell big items here and there if they're profitable, but I'm being super selective. But I felt like, at this point in time, I'm, I'm going to walk out of the store with not much because I'm making that choice. I mean, I had a ton of shoes. Don't get me wrong. I had like 20 pairs of shoes. But usually when I go to the store, I like to walk out with a lot of stuff. So I go and I notice there's some hunting gear. And uh, it's this, it's called Sika Hunting Gear. And it's, you know, I only knew about it because a few months ago I picked up an item. And here's the thing. The vest I picked up was a vest that had like a, had something to like keep you warm like a heating blanket element huh. in it. Mm-hmm. And it was banned. It was, disc- it was recalled. Mm. But I learned a new brand. Yeah. I, I actually was going to sell it. I actually like cut out the whole heating element. And I was like, I'm going to listen. And then I was like, no, it's not worth it to me. I was scared. I had fear. So I look. There's one jacket. Now, these weren't half price. These were selling full price. $20 to $24, right? $19.99 to $24.99. I find one jacket. I find a second jacket. I find a third jacket. I find it for all, all next to each other. I'm like, what is going on? And then I look around my corner and I see another guy with like uh, the same, same brand, same pattern. And he's like, he's all like trying it on. I'm like, oh, like, dude, don't take it. Don't take it. And he didn't take it. He put it back in the rack. So I went up and I grabbed that one. And I'm like, I wonder how many of these are throughout the store. I go to another part of the store where there's jerseys being sold. And there's another, there's three pairs of pants of the same brand. Pick up those three pairs of pants. Then I go to another part of the store that sold, uh, I think they sold vests. And there was a vest there of the same brand. Then I go to another part of the store where they sell like uh, 
bicycle jerseys and all that different kinds of jerseys and there were four of those there so ulti- i i, I want to say in total i picked up about 14 pieces of this of this right and i think in total i everything cost me it was about i think it was 270 dollars for everything this stuff was hot so this was this past was it past no it was this past one so it's been about a week since the podcast dropped so i picked these all up I knew what I had. Like I knew it was money. Like it was crazy because my first goal, go out to thrifts. This is what I pick up. I go home. It takes them about a day for illicit. So I've already sold. I've sold four pieces for $500 plus. Wow. Nice. Right. So I still got another, whatever, 10 pieces. I, I, I say 14. It might've been 12. I can't remember, but I'm going to at least make one K net when it's all done. Yeah. Right. But who, knew yep who knew and you know why did these all appear was it like somebody that was going through a divorce and like the the ex-wife just tossed it all in there was it they donated it was it somebody that like moved out a tenant and that you know the landlord just donated i don't know but here's this is what what struck me in all this is that this is why we love the thrift stores and the garage sales because you never know it was the middle of the day i was lazy i chose to sleep in and I walked out a better person by making those choices. I like it. That's good. Those are some good hustles. So I'll take it. So hopefully the other pieces. And by the way, can, I want to say one more thing here. I love eBay, eBay buyers. And this is why. So I posted this stuff and I kind of, I did my research, but man, I had this one seller. It was probably like eight messages back and forth, but he's like, actually what you have here is this item. Mm. Actually what you have here is this. And what you have here is this. So he actually helped me create better listings. And he was like, nice. Can you send pictures of this? Cause I need, I need to know this. So I'm like, I'm pretty sure others. So my listings came out pristine because of that buyer. Nice. And so, and actually both, both of those buys were people that bought multiple. They didn't just buy one item. Wow. And, they, and then they came back and they're like, Hey, we want to buy more. So we'll see. Maybe by, by the next time we meet, all this stuff will be sold. So yeah. that is my house of the week. I like it. All right. Cool. Let's get to our next five. Boom. Here we go. So, hey, by the way, thank you, everyone, for sharing your Hustle of the Week. And if you're not following the hashtag Hustle of the Week on Instagram, please do. And please post it. I noticed we, not, we don't have as many as we used to. And maybe because, you know, people aren't having hot sales like that. But it's always nice to share. And we, we love looking. So, all right. Myth number six. Are you ready? Let's do it. Sellers get suspended too easily. The risk is way too high. Yeah, I, I think that's definitely more of a concern on Amazon than it is on eBay. Um, so I could see people being concerned about that. I, I guess my suggestion there is eBay, if you're doing things correctly, they put in uh, protections right away. They only let you have so many listings. Um, you can only, you know, certain items if it costs too much. Like They have like things in place to prevent a, a lot of fraud right off the get go. So you might run into some of those barriers, but those are really there for your protection also. Um, but then as long as you're selling and you're, you're, you're doing things correctly, the you're not going to have lots of punishments from eBay. Like you might, if you have too many INADs of one category, you might end up getting like an extra five percent fee. And like if if it's shoes that your category is is messed up in, and you've sold a bunch of things wrong, uh, then they might end up charging a little bit more to sell in there. Um, but I, I don't know if people really getting. I, I've even had items where they say like, hey, you can't sell this item. The you know the the manufacturer is saying you know put in a complaint. So I've had those warnings, but never have I thought my account's going to be suspended. Um, Amazon, I can see that being maybe more likely uh, for various reasons. However, that's a good reason to not have all of your eggs in one basket, right? So 
Should Amazon be or could Amazon be a way for you to make money? Absolutely. It's probably a gold mine for a lot of people in a lot of industries, and a lot of niches. Um, but just know that that could dry up. Um, but as, again, as long as you're doing things correctly, uh, your risk goes way down. Does that mean there's no risk? No. Uh, but your risk goes down. And honestly, like, you know, if you owned a business, your business could, you know, an earthquake could happen and, and things fall and break your bit. Like anything could happen no matter what. There's always risk of losing your business. Okay. So I would say there shouldn't be a reason not to. I would say your chances of being suspended on eBay are very, very, very low if you're doing things correctly. And on Amazon, maybe higher. But again, um, that's a wave you're riding, right? Like you're out in the Wild West on that. So, yeah. And here's the thing like, if you play by the rules, and actually you play, you know, it, it's kind of that, that analogy where like if you're, st- when people were hiring stagecoach drivers, they would ask them like, how close to the edge of the cliff would you get to, uh, you know, while, while you're going? And the person that got hired is the one that said, I would stay as far away as I could. Right. And it's the same thing here. Like as long as you play it safe, right. For, for the most part, chances of you getting suspended on eBay or Amazon are super unlikely. Right now, there are some random things. Like, for instance, on Amazon, it's very easy to get suspended if, like, for example, you only sell like a handful of items merchant fulfilled. Let's say you sell five and then one of them, you know, ends up being, you know, you get an A, a through Z claim and it ends up putting you at risk of suspension. Like, it's very possible, right? So the more you sell, the less likely on Amazon you're going to get suspended. As long as you're not trying to kind of get around things, right? So... You know, the other thing, a lot of people got suspended these last two months, right? Because of Amazon, whether saying fair price policy or accusing people of price gouging or selling masks or selling hand sanitizer, whatever it is, if you played it safe, right, you'd be okay. With the price thing, you got to understand, like, this is how Amazon does things. So sell on another platform, right? Don't, don't, like, there may be more velocity of sales, but you got to think long term, right? I, I think about, do you still have that CPAP machine? I do. Yeah. I haven't listed it yet. Okay. Well, there, you can, I mean, you can still sell that. You can still sell CPAP machines. You just can't do it on eBay. You can't do it on Mercari. You can't do it on most platforms, but there are refurbishing companies, right? There are, there, there's still Craigslist that lets yeah, you. Yeah. Maybe sell. do locally. I was going to say like, we just got from my son. Um, my son has a, an airway issue. He's got lung issue and he, our insurance finally approved a airway clearance vest. So it's like a, a machine that like blows air into this mm, vest and it those. like vibrates really, really fast. It basically simulates like a thousand coughs every minute. I um, mean, it helps get stuff out of his lungs and basically getting this, even our portion of it, like insurance is covering a portion of it. We're going to have to pay the rest of it. And it's, it's like buying a small car. Like this unit is like $20,000, right? Like it's an expensive unit. And after getting it, I was like, I wonder if they sell these on, on eBay. And over the last few days, I've seen a couple of them pop up. Uh, some sell. I don't think that this is one of those things that technically is supposed to be sold on eBay, but but some do. Some people sell them, um, and there's people who are selling them. I'm assuming like you know, uh, cystic fibrosis is one of the main reasons why people have these, and um, people might get a new model. Their insurance, some insurances are paying for new models every few years because there's an upgrade, and so people are selling their old ones that are are you know maybe there's a risk um, that it breaks, but it's not like if this thing breaks you know, it's going to like, I'd imagine a CPAP machine is maybe more like life in the moment, like serious, yeah. you know, where, so like I'm seeing some on eBay, people are selling these for like three to $5,000. And it's like, man, had I known about that, I might've considered buying one on eBay for that price. Cause that even cheaper than what I have to cover. So, um, you, you, 
could maybe get away with selling those things. I could probably sell a CPAP or maybe it gets pulled. But then again, it's like, do you want to take on the liability of that if this is something that could cause like a life or death issue? And maybe, not maybe, but I would, my suggestion is don't do anything that's going to put your life on that, um, your livelihood. And you don't want that on your conscience. You don't want the responsibility of knowing that somebody's life is in your hand. It'd be like selling medicine, you know, like I'm not a pharmacist. I don't want to sell medicine. Yeah. And you got to think long-term, right? I mean, would it be nice to make the 3K if you had one of those and you listed it, but then eBay suspends you indefinitely? I would say no, right? Because you're going to make far more than $3,000, you know, depending on how you do things within six months to a year or however you know long it takes for you. So you got to think about that. And again, <laughs> if you're full-time, I, I, as a full-time seller, I learned right away, it's better to take the L than the bigger L. Like it's better for me. Like I've had stuff where I picked up, you know, two to $3,000 of an item. And then I got some random cease and desist letter. And I'm like, yeah, you know, this sucks. But you know what sucked more? Having to get an attorney. Yeah. Tactical retreat, right? It's kind of what you're doing there. It's like, yeah, you might lose a little bit of ground by not making profit on one item, but you got to think long-term here. You got to think you're, you're, you're running a marathon. You're not doing a sprint. So. So is there a true fear that you can get suspended too easily? I think getting suspended too easily is the fear. Like that, I don't believe that is real. I think that is a myth. And so if you do things that are risky, that's when it becomes a reality. So, you know, overcome that fear by doing what's right. Myth destroyed. I'm going to use a different, I'm going to use a different term each time. Okay. All right. Okay. Next one. Seven, sharing I'm a reseller will cost me more. Yeah, absolutely. 100% agree with this. No, I'm just kidding. Um, So yeah, in the beginning, this was me. I did not want to tell anybody as a reseller. Part of it is just, it's a little awkward, right? Like I do videography sometimes and um, I, I, t- I taught videography at the school I was at. And one of the things that students had a hard time with was it's very awkward to put a camera in people's faces and be walking around and like they're being like, I've done some wedding videography and it's really awkward to get on the, on the platform with a bride and groom who are doing their first dance. And you're like, you get within a couple of feet of them so you can get this shot, right? Like you're like, I'm in this intimate moment. Everybody's watching. Like there's this like self-conscious, but the more you do it, the more you're like, I don't really care, right? Like this is my job. I'm doing it. Like you stop caring what people think about it. And the same thing was true with this. Like I was afraid to tell people I'm a reseller because I thought I'd lose money. And I thought that it would like, it, it would cause, you know, animosity or whatever. Um, and I think there have been times like I absolutely would never advocate lying. I, I would never lie to somebody That's who I'm good. buying something from or, or a customer or anything like that. But there were times where I could tell somebody might have been misled by something and I wasn't going to correct them because I thought it was going to give me a better deal. For instance, there was a time like somebody selling something and I might say something like, oh man, my son loves these, like do these work, blah, blah, blah. And I'll talk to them about their kid. And then I start to bargain with them and then I get the item. I never say like, hey, I'm get, buying this for my son. But I'm like, oh, these are so awesome. My son has one like this. And and so at that point, there's times where I thought like maybe saying, hey, this is really cool. I want to sell it. And someone might think, oh, I want it to go to like a, a little boy. Like I don't want to give it to you so you can go make money, right? But the biggest like fines I've had have been from you know, Craigslist ads or handing out my card or telling people, yeah, I'm a reseller. And then they start pulling other things out of their house. Okay. So you're, you, you might end up making, again, it comes down to that numbers game. You might get a $5 difference on an item. If somebody thinks you're not a reseller occasionally, but more often than not, you're going to have people who are willing to pull more things in. Oh, you're a reseller. What about this? What about, cause a lot of times people just want to offload stuff. And if they're like, Hey, this is a person who's willing to buy a bunch of stuff right now. And I, I can be done with it. And I got the perfect story for this. This just happened. So 
So yesterday, I actually the day before, I'm like, I'm gonna source on on marketplaces for an hour. Like, I'm gonna see what I can do, right? Because we only have I think like five thrift stores open, and auctions haven't been that great. And so I, I want to see how I can play this out. So I went and I sent probably thirty to forty offers, right? But I've always learned whenever I do stuff on Facebook or offer up or let go, whatever, is that people usually have more to sell, right? I usually always carry a little bit more money because I always ask like, hey, do you have any more? So here's what happened. So I put in an offer for a pair of a uh, couple boots and, you know, they email me back and they're like, hey, let's meet. So when I meet, they're you know, I look at the boots and I'm like, cool. And they're like, you're not going to look at them? I'm like, no, nah, they're great. Like I already did my homework on them. And they're like, listen, can I ask you a question? I'm like, I knew where this was going. She's like, can I ask you a question? I'm like, sure. Are you a reseller? Now, there's two ways you can go about this, right? One, you could be like, she's asking me this and she's going to be mad. Or she's asking me this and she has more product to sell. Usually it's the latter. Probably 99.999% of the time when I get asked. I don't that. know if I'd go that far. I will. For you. I will go that far. <laughs> and, okay, maybe it's 80% for you. But I will go. Like whenever I get asked that, because why am I buying a size eight, you know, pair of boots when I'm clearly not a size eight pair of boots? So, so she asked me and sure enough, I was like, yes. I go, yeah, I'm a reseller. I, I you know, I buy and sell full time for a living. They're like, oh, great. We have all these pair of shoes that, you know, they're really nice shoes. And she's like, we actually put them They're in the truck with us. I'm like, awesome. And so she takes me to the truck and she had all these pairs of shoes and I ended up buying two more. I bought a pair of ballet shoes and a pair of Ferragamo. I passed on a couple other shoes. And then she goes, hey, you know, what do you what do you sell? And I'm like, well, I sell this and this and this. And then she's like, do you sell Aloha shirts? I'm like, well, yes, I do. And she's like, oh, actually, my husband, you know, and I lived in Hawaii for two years. So we have all kinds. I'm like, this is this is beautiful. Like, why did I ever fear telling people I'm a reseller? Right. Because to me. 99.999% of the time it's, it's worked out in my favor. And if, and if somebody gets mad, oh, well, to me, the, the, the cost benefit is definitely worth it to share that I'm a reseller. So don't be afraid of sharing that you're a reseller. Now this individual has my number. Now this person is going to contact me when new, new, whenever they figure out to organize their closets. And one last thing I'll say, my biggest scores in reselling hundred percent have always been when I shared, I was a reseller, left my business card I may get a call back a few days later, a week later. One time, it was like a year and a half later. But the, my biggest scores have been through sharing that I'm a reseller. So it is definitely a fear that is not real that sharing a reseller will end up costing you. Yeah. Myth smashed. Mm. Well, okay. All right. Next one. There's not enough inventory to go around. Yeah. And that kind of goes back even almost to our first, the first uh, myth that we had is, is, this idea there's too many resellers. And honestly, like if you're only stuck in one thing, like if all you do is sell Legos and you're going to garage sales and thrift stores, you, you might not be able to find <laughs> enough of them, right? The great Lego shortage. <laughs> but um, if if you're willing to branch out, have a lot of niches, you're willing to learn new things, um, there's always going to be more inventory. And there's certain things that are very limited, uh, but most things are going to, there's going to be more and more things um, released as people grow. Think of if you're doing kids toys, kids grow up and then people will get rid of them. If you're doing, you know, clothing, people grow out of their clothing, they change styles, right? So there's going to be more inventory always. Um, you just have to be willing to be patient and be willing to say like, okay, like 
I really, really like selling board games and I just haven't found any in the last couple of days that are profitable. So I need to look at another niche. Yeah. And on this one, like there's so much, even, even through the pandemic, there was so much. It's just about finding, I mean, if you just go on YouTube and you follow resellers, like there's resellers that go to the dollar store, that go to the Nike store, that go to the thrift, that get Amazon pallets, that do books, that, I mean, we can go on and on and on and on. As long as people exist, there will be always items that people will want. And there's plenty of inventory to go around. I think this is kind of easy. I mean, the, the, the abundance is just, think about it. During the pandemic, there were more sourcing opportunities, I believe, I mean, okay, maybe that's not 100% true, but there are plenty of sourcing opportunities during the pandemic. And all I did, I just spent the time on eBay and I just sourced on eBay the entire time. And I was good. There were people that were buying bulk wholesale. There were people that were buying pallets. There were people that were putting notices that, hey, before you donate, if you can't donate, I'm here. I mean, there are many ways to work around it. So there will always be about inventory. It's whether, hey, do you want to go out there and put in the work to make it happen? That's good. I like it. That was Myth a quick, obliterated. That was a fast one. Yeah. All right. What about this one? This is going to be an interesting one. I want to hear, I want to hear where Mike goes with this one. Others will accuse me of stealing from the poor to profit. Yeah. This, I mean, this is a legitimate fear. I mean, you're going to come against this, but um, one thing I've, I'm learning in life is no matter what you do, there's always going to be opposition to it. There's always going to be people who, um, you're never going to make everybody happy. And a lot of times it comes down to people not understanding everything you're doing. Um, and the truth is I'm not going into a store and buying up every blanket to ensure that the people who, you know, maybe are going into a Goodwill cause they need blankets to stay warm that night aren't gonna have blankets, right? Like that doesn't happen, uh, for resellers, but, but there, there's this perception that when you go in and you're buying something cheap and selling it high, um, I've always said that resellers kind of act, they're an important part of, of, an economic system, right? The economic system, there's um, kind of like how governments have checks and balances. The economic, the free market system, um, the buy, the, it's supply and demand, right? And so resellers kind of come and help pick up the slack where there's there's problems in that. And and they, they find ways to profit off of that because if there's demand for something and then there's not enough supply, they're able to you know work through that. And sometimes stores like a, a thrift store might have a hundred jackets and one of them just so happens to be one that is very unique. It's got a special design on it. It's like a collectible. And so there's like a collector somewhere who needs that. And he's never going to be able to find that. But when I pick it up for 10 bucks and I sell it to him, um, that person is able to get that. Now, if somebody's going in there because they need a jacket in order to stay warm, right? Like they're typically not so concerned about like, can I get the collector one? And again, people will say things like, well, you're, you're taking all the nice stuff. That's usually not the case. Like, okay, and like, it's usually overpriced. If yeah. it's something nice, the thrift stores aren't catering yeah. to people that can, uh, that, you know, don't have a lot of money. They're catering, they're catering to resellers. Let's yeah. be real, and collectors. Yeah, collectors, resellers, and again, there's certain items like, like there is. It's just like anything, right? Like, there's going to be people who can afford certain things and people who can't afford certain things. And usually, I don't know. This is so tough because, like, I want to be sensitive, um, and I get that there are probably people who who can take advantage of situations. Um, but I, I I really don't think the reseller who goes in and scans a hundred books and finds one book that they can sell and make $20 for is somehow depriving other people from books, right? Like that's just not the case. And so I think you got to look at it as, are, do you have a clean conscience? And again, 
you're a person too, and you're doing this to feed your family. This is your way of of taking care. Like the, the your child getting food in their belly is important too, right? And so it, it all comes down to to realizing that you're never going to make everybody happy. There are going to be people who think what you do is wrong. Um, but that goes with anything, right? Like any job, any profession. But it's the ecosystem, Mike. Like yep. Walmart buys stuff at cost for 10 cents and sells it for $10, right? And it's it's kind of a misnomer to go that like, hey, thrift stores are only places that, you know, are selling things for cheap and resellers are the only ones that are buying them for cheap and selling high. That is every organization. When you buy food, even at McDonald's, and I know it sounds terrible, but the cost of a McChicken, it may cost you, right? If you buy the two for three, that's three bucks. To make that McChicken, depending on what is used, maybe 50 cents, right? Maybe a dollar, maybe not that much. Or maybe it's one of the items like the Lost Leaders, whatever. I don't know what it is. But either way, every company buys low and sells high, right? So for people to cast judgment and say like, Hey, look at what you're doing. It's like, this is, this is the ecosystem. This is how things work, right? This is how you keep businesses open. This is how resellers keep these places thriving, right? Because we end up buying the products that they, who's going to pay 40, $50 for a pair of whatever, Tony Lama cowboy boots, right? When they could buy a lesser pair that is probably the same quality. It's just the brand name is what was carrying it for that amount. Yep. Yeah. And, and you make a good point like this, if it wasn't for resellers, I think thrift stores would have a harder time staying alive. Um, they're getting their inventory for free. And again, I'm doing what I need to do to, to provide for my family. And then the other thing is, as resellers, I mean, I'm sure and most people, most businesses in some way are giving back to their community, right? Like you're giving to a church, you're giving to charities, you're giving to... So some of that profit is going back to help the the the, the hurting anyways, right? So when I make profit off of that, like I could potentially buy the cowboy boots, make a hundred dollars profit, give some of that, give, give some of that money to a, ch- a local charity. Right. You know, I, I think a lot of people, maybe not everybody, but a lot of people do throughout the year, give a portion of their money to charities. And so that portion goes to feed or to provide clothing or whatever it is. So, so, so like you said, it is an ecosystem. Um, and I think, I think a lot of it just comes down to the idea that people think you're going in and you're buying all of something so that it's just not available. And no, that's just not in, the case. It ties into the previous one. There is such an abundance of stuff. Like I could understand, like, you know, it's not the same scenario, right? But this is why like Target and other stores have policies like you can't buy more than one, right? And it's it's not it's not essentials, by the way. Right. So let's say it's 10 switches, right? You show up and you buy the 10 switches. Okay. I can see like maybe they don't Target doesn't want people's Christmases to be ruined because people couldn't find it. But when it comes to the thrift stores, there's such an abundance. I mean, there is so much clothing that gets these. I think it's like 26 billion tons. I don't know what it is. It's some obnoxious number of how much clothing gets destroyed, right? So not only that, but resellers, right, are creating sustainability, right? We're helping the environment. Like overall, resellers are, are creating a greater good, right? We're we're helping the environment. We're connecting buyers to items they couldn't normally find. We're allowing these businesses to stay open by continually buying those items that others would not buy. And so it just creates opportunity and overall, right? It, it's helping every everybody else out. And again, you know, as much as I give the store that shall not be named, you know, a hard time at times, 
Like, I know that every dollar I go there helps to create more jobs for people that couldn't normally be in everyday jobs, right? And they're working at Goodwill. So I said it, Goodwill, because they do mean Goodwill. Yeah. 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 When we talk about that, we're talking from a business standpoint. We are joking. I mean, yeah. yeah. So understand, like, yeah, people may be judgmental, but that's because you got to give them the bigger picture of what's going on. Right. And then when you get to that, that fear goes away. Yeah. Myth proven not a myth. <laughs> what? I don't I don't know. I didn't have a good one for that. Myth canceled. Flattened. Canceled. Let's go with canceled. And and, and the, the this one is almost like an iffy because cuz it is true. People many people will think this about you. Um but uh, if you understand and you're educated in this situation um and you you're confident in yourself that you're not you're not going out there like your goal when you go to a thrift store is to oppress the poor people or whatever the situation is, then you can you can leave knowing you know what? It's okay if people think this about me. I know what I'm doing is good for me, my family, my community. Yeah, agreed. Agreed for the last one. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Reselling is a scam. You'll never make enough money to pay the bills. Yeah, that's true. Um, I've, I've never even met a full-time reseller in my life. Just kidding. <laughs> no, but it, here's the thing. I get why people see this, right? Because, man, resellers come and go like crazy, right? On YouTube, they come and go like, and, and you know, I've, I've talked about the pattern of a lot of influencers, quote unquote, people that want to be influencers, like they start reselling and then they're like, Hey, here's my course or here's my bolo group or here's my, here's my list that you can buy. And then after a while you recognize that like, Hey, they're not making money from reselling. They're making money from all of this, right? You go, here's a podcast just makes money off the podcast, which is so untrue. Right. But wouldn't that be nice? That would be beautiful. We'd be dropping episodes every day. Right. But uh, it's just not the case. Maybe one day. So you, you listen, the reason that, and Mike says, spoke to this, the reason that people don't get to a place where they're able to pay the bills and reselling is one is maybe there wasn't self-awareness. Right. I, I'm very willing to say that, like, not everybody's cut out to be a reseller. Right. It's, it's, it has to drive you. It has to have a passion. Like, you know, it's funny the other day I was talking to somebody and I said, you know, I love my life. I'm like, basically I'm like retired. And I say that all the time. Like, you know, I don't work as much. And they're like, Orlando, you're, you're always working. And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? Like, dude, you, you're always on Instagram. I'm like, yeah, but that's the highlights. They're like, but dude, I, I know you be outside of Instagram and you're always working. I'm like, yeah, okay. Fair. Right. Like I, maybe I am. But I love what I do. So I'm self-aware to understand, like, I, I love, I can't wait to scale even more. Like, I, I, I've always said my dream is to be one of those guys on American Pickers that has, like, multiple lots of land with random stuff that was part of my death pile that now just became historical piles. Nice. And so, so but, I, but, I, but I say all that because I love what I do. I, I, I thrive in what I do. And, and if, if you love what you do... Yes, you can definitely, I think, get to the next level where you can, it can pay the bills, right? So I think self-awareness plays a role. The other part is there are so many examples of individuals that started in reselling and maybe it was just a stepping stone. They, the next step ended up being real estate or they became an investor or whatever it is, right? But there's so much out there. Like you got to sift through, I will say in our community, there are a lot, uh, a lot of cloud chasers. There's a lot of people that, you know, front and they're not real resellers, but there's a lot of us and there's a lot, there's a lot more, plenty more behind the scenes that don't have a lot of following that, you know, don't post stuff all the time 
that are making it happen. So that's right. It's good. It's definitely doable. So that myth is is done. Yeah, it's done. Myth done. Oh, we got through all ten of them. Yeah. So, hey, hopefully that was encouraging to all of you. Hopefully that made you move past some of the fears. If there's any other fears you have, you know, let us know in the comments. Maybe we'll do another episode like this. Looking forward to it. But, hey, fear, all it does, it causes you to step back and not take action. Yeah. Right? Don't so hesitate. Move act. past those fears. Be that reseller. Make that money. Level up your standard of living. And with that being said, make sure to be real. Be relevant. And be reselling. Please. Please.